All right, a great Saturday evening to you, fellow listeners and podcasters, on this 14th of August, 2021. Hey, guess what? I'm finally a daywalker again. I've been working the night shift since October of 2019, so almost two years in the making. I am now officially on the day shift. Man, I tell you, that big orange ball in the sky was scary at first, but now it's gorgeous to look at and it lets me know that I'm in a different time and space. It, it, it sure feels good, guys. It's great, 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 great time to be on the on, on days now. Super, super happy. Um, so, okay, so why am I telling you this? Well, I used to release episodes every Tuesday, but because I had um, Sunday through Tuesday off, but now I have Tuesday through Saturday off. So... Once I find a decent rhythm with my new schedule, I'll pick a day to release new episodes. I'm thinking for now, Fridays will probably be the sweet spot. We will see. So anyhow, more to follow on that. I'll let you know. Uh, For now, Saturday evening, today is the day. All right, today's topic is a phrase that I learned back in 1992 as a young ROTC cadet, and that's Reserve Officer Training Corps. Uh, For those of you that are not familiar with that acronym, and that phrase is Mission First, People Always. However, I've reversed that in the past few years and I've used the mantra, people first, mission always, which is exactly what the title of today's episode is, guys. In today's episode, we're going to break down and really understand why people are so important in order to accomplish the mission. Even the largest corporations in the world tend to get it wrong every now and then, and they have to be reminded to recenter themselves for, uh, you know, without its people. There's nothing, and, and, and they are nothing. And there is, certainly is no metrics or mission accomplishment. It just makes sense, guys, right? So order me up a number one with cheese, bacon, hold the tomato, large fry. Give me a Coke for the drink! And an extra, and, and, and an extra side of Charlie Mike. Let's go! All right. Topic number one, and the only topic that we were going to um, discuss today is people first. Mission always. What does that really mean? All right. I have two really, really good articles um, that I found out in my research, and I'm just going to share them with you. Um, you know, that that's what we do here. That's what I like to do. I really like these articles, so I I thought it would be um, pretty awesome to bring them to you. So the first one, in, in an article published by Senior Master Sergeant Klaus Paris, he is from the 660th Aircraft Maintenance Squadron out of Travis Air Force Base, California. He serves in the United States Air Force. Sir, thank you so much for your service. We really appreciate it. All right, he states, if you've been around long enough, you've heard the phrase, mission first, people always. Today's airmen are busy. Whether it's high, high ops tempo, constant deployments, or low manning, our airmen are being asked to do more and more every single day. True statement. Nothing is more important than accomplishing the mission, except... For taking care of the people you supervise, the, the people that actually do the mission, right? For me, the phrase should read, people first, mission always. Unfortunately, over the years, I've seen supervisors at every level becoming more and more disconnected with our airmen. It's time for us to re-engage, reconnect, and interact with our people. Could not have said it any better. Supervisory actions speak volumes. How you interact, communicate, and recognize your people sets the foundation of your relationships. I'm going to read that again. Supervisory actions speak volumes. How you interact, communicate, and recognize your people sets the foundation of your relationships. 
Do you recognize the airman's accomplishments with an email or do you leave your desk, seek them out, look them in the eye, shake their hands and thank them in front of their peers? Face-to-face interaction takes more time but creates better relationships. You better get your ass off your desk and go greet them uh, in person. That's an easy that's an easy one. That that shouldn't even be in, uh, shouldn't even be a, a thought. But I, I understand what he was getting at. You know, that's just a touchy, touchy subject for me. As supervisors, we need to train our airmen to become independent thinkers instead of a culture of conformity that older leaders struggle to maintain. Why not foster a climate that allows its members to use the experience and knowledge to make decisions at appropriate levels? Who knows better how to improve a product or process the technician with boots on the ground or the supervisor that never leaves his desk? Come on, how are we going to answer that one? You always go to the subject matter expert. It's the person running the machine. It's the person running the floor. It's the person doing the task day in and day out. Those are your subject matter experts, ladies and gentlemen. Good ideas have no rank. The newest airmen may have the solution to your problems. It could also lead to mistakes, but allow your people to fail from time to time. That's where the growth happens, remember? Good airmen make mistakes. Great supervisors see them through the process of learning and growth that comes from making mistakes. Guys, I make mistakes every single day. I screw something up every single day. But you know what? I didn't kill anybody, didn't do anything illegal, didn't do anything immoral, or I did not do anything unsafe. Baby, we're going to be okay. Because at the end of the day, in some of these organizations, we're just shipping boxes. We're just shipping boxes. You know what I tell people? And I've said this before in other episodes, but I'm passionate about it. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but that's okay. Free talk is all right. Free talk is all right. We're all collaborating here. I usually tell people that get needlessly stressed out, hey, remember three things. It's not 125 degrees out. You don't have 80 pounds strapped to you and ain't no one shooting on you. No one shooting at you. Baby, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a damn good day. All right. Let's go back to uh, what Senior Master Sergeant was saying. As I have moved up in the ranks, I realize the single biggest impact I can make to the mission and my unit is to take care of my airmen. This does not mean doing the job for them, but giving them what they need to get the job done. You don't have to be their best friend, turn a blind eye to unprofessionalism, or hook up your airmen at the expense of the mission. No. It means providing the guidance, resources, and many times the top cover to allow them to succeed. It means mentoring folks when they make mistakes, rewarding them when they excel, celebrating accomplishments in public, and addressing improvements in private. Uh, We usually call that um, uh, the the five P's, I believe it is, Um, uh, or the basic P's. Punish in private and praise in public. Punish in private, praise in public, okay? It means treating people with respect and and dignity while keeping the bar high and supporting your airmen as they accomplish something they never thought was within their reach. It means, in the end, to ensure your airmen are better when they leave the unit than when they came in. If you are able to to deliberately develop your airmen this way, the mission will always be accomplished. The mission will always be accomplished. Remember, leaders do not create followers. We are responsible for creating more leaders. So in any organization, whether it be the United States military or 
any corporate organization, anything. It could be a mom and pop shop of, of three people. You want that person that leaves your organization to be better than when they came in, okay? Leading the airmen of today can be one of the most challenging yet rewarding tasks. Today's airmen are noticeably different than the airmen who stepped off the bus with me 22 years ago at Lackland Air Force Base, Texas. Today's airmen are skilled multitaskers, agile decision makers, and social networkers. Eagerly cooperative and extremely flexible to change. They are hungry to learn and apply their knowledge and want nothing more than to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Remember that phrase. That's very key. As present-day leaders, we must take every measure to ensure we develop their full potential. Mission sets vary across a wide array of career fields, but the mission is and always will be there. The hard part is ensuring that our airmen stick around and go the distance. Let's refocus on our supervisory relationships with our airmen, get involved, mentor and groom future leaders. Mentor and groom future leaders. People first, mission always, should be the new charge. Now, we can take this article and replace the United States Air Force with just about any organization in the world, and the model in the article will fit the staff and the frontline employees of any company. Senior Master Sergeant Paris makes an excellent point in stating that there's no mission accomplishment without the people behind it making happen with the raw work being put in day in and day out. Engagements with your team, no matter how big or small, pay big dividends. If the only time that they see a manager is when there's something wrong, that's a bigger issue in itself. Approach your team on your first day back on shift, laptop closed, with open ears, ready to listen to how their weekend was and how their start of shift was. Pretty damn simple, right? As simple as this is, that's graduate level work in order to make a connection, a true connection, and not seem like a leader that only cares about the numbers. Please, 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 I implore you, don't be that type of leader. We're better than that, guys. All right? All right, super, super good article. Uh, I like that one a lot, uh, especially since it was, uh, you know, by a veteran. Um, let's go to article number two, all right? In a great article from Forbes by Mr. Rasmus Hogard, he says, Companies are increasingly realizing the power of creating people-centric organizations that value the happiness of employees as much as the bottom line. Valuing your happiness of the employees that are with you as much as your damn bottom line because guess who makes that bottom line those employees okay in my interviews with the leaders of hundreds of organizations one company stands out as the epitome of a people-centric organization marriott international yes ladies and gentlemen we are talking about the hotel chain um from its origins as a nine-stool root beer stand in Washington, D.C., to the global Fortune 200 business that it is today, its leaders have striven to stay true to its mission. And mission statement is if we take care of our people, they will take care of our customers, and customers will come back. Listen how impactful that is. If we take care of our people, they will take care of our customers and customers will come back. That's why they're a $23 billion a year agency and business, ladies and gentlemen. That's why they're able to succeed. It's because of that last statement right there. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it again. If we take care of our people, they will take care of our customers and customers will keep coming back. 
All right, consider the company's history. Just a few years after co-founders J.W. and Alice, Alice Marriott started their enterprise, uh, the Great Depression hit. In response, J.W. and Alice hired a staff doctor to make sure that people had health care. The reason for this was twofold. They cared for their employees, and they also wanted a reliable, healthy workforce. They believed that if their employees had access to good medical care, they would be able to provide the level of service they wanted for their customers. True statement. Marriott's people-centric approach has continued despite facing some strong social headwinds that could have otherwise stalled its progress. After publication of Theory of the Firm in uh, the Journal of Financial Economics, which argued that companies were owned by and responsible to shareholders before anyone else, shareholder wealth has steadily become more important than employee health. This change has had a significant impact on both companies and, so and societies. But there are two primary problems with shareholders' first thinking. The first is a widespread focus on short-term results and the cost of long-term benefits. The second is a lack of incentive for corporate social responsibility. Both problems tend to come, to a, come at a cost for the general employee. This is in direct opposition to the idea of fostering people-centered cor uh, corporate cultures. Um, but Marriott has resisted this trend and instead continued to value the well-being of people over quick and easy profits. With over 6,000 locations and nearly $23 billion in yearly revenue, Marriott's success with people-centric approach is the best seen in daily commitment of his leaders and ensuring that the organization lives up to its, order, uh, to its original values. Here's how they do it, guys. Okay. Cultivate more human leaders. On any given day around lunchtime, 86-year-old executive chairman Bill Marriott finds his way to the cafeteria on the ground floor of Bethesda, Maryland headquarters. He picks up a tray, chooses some food, stands in line, and pays for his meal just like any other employee. He then finds a table and has his lunch with anyone who wishes to join him. Despite being the executive chairman and one of the richest people in the country, Bill he doesn't he he shies away from special treatment he shows up for lunch as he does for board meetings as an ordinary person when engaging with employees and clients he brings interest presence and care rather than status hierarchy and power that that's in, that's just incredible it's absolutely incredible not surprisingly, Bill Marriott's leadership example cascades throughout the company. Corporate culture, after all, starts at the top. It starts at the top. Some of you out there need that lesson, okay? Marriott CEO uh, Arnie Sorensen, following Bill's lead, spends about 200 days a year visiting associates at hotels around the world. And he doesn't just appear at a brief... Uh, some scripted town hall. Rather, he walks through each of the ho each of the hotels, greeting associates at the front desk, in the kitchen, or on the guest room floors. He listens to their thoughts, considers their concerns, and works to truly understand their work. In doing so, he spreads core Marriott principles to team leaders and associates at every property in the world. So, if a CEO at that level can have a seek to understand a stew. What are we screwing up, right? What are we doing wrong, okay? Marriott, I will tell you what. You, I, like you, I like you guys a hell of a lot better than I used to. You, you, guys are, you, you guys are on point. 
This type of this type of humble leadership drives loyalty, which increases effort and retention. These increases lead to better service and an inspired customer experience, which drives revenue. In fact, Marriott's uh, internal data show that hotels that score higher in associate engagement drive better financial results. Gee, I wonder why. A happy employee wants to come to work. They, uh, you know, they're men and women that want to sit there and do a quality job for the organization. Why? Because guess what? In plain terms, they know their leaders give a shit about them. All right? Listen to that. All right, balance stakeholders. When the financial crisis hit in 2008, the Marriott executive team gathered to discuss the, the deteriorating business environment. Like many other companies, Marriott had to consider different ways to cut payroll, including reducing worker hours um, and, and things like that. So during the talks, David Rodriguez, Marriott's CHRO, pointed out that cutting employees' hours would cause many to lose eligibility for healthcare and benefits. As they ran through these implications, CEO Bill Marriott intervened, then we're going to have to suspend the eligibility rules yet. We can't have our associates and their families lose their medical benefits. At Marriott, balancing the needs of all stakeholders, shareholders, hotel owners, customers, and employees has always been an integral part of, of an overarching strategy. Uh, employees invest... Uh, their life and time in the company. By doing so, they're, they're equally valid stakeholders deserving of consideration in with, with a decision. However, if fairness and honesty is, in, is consistently demonstrated over the long term, stakeholders will trust that their continued participation is to their benefit. Okay? Sorry, that, that last paragraph is a little rough. Um, demonstrate commitment. A people-centric organization explicitly values the happiness and well-being of its people. Let me read that again. A people-centric organization explicitly values the happiness and well-being of its people. Okay? It does this not just through slogans or catchphrases, but through developing programs that support employee success. At Marriott... It's a significant source of pride to see people begin in entry-level positions, gain new skills and expertise, and grow their careers. Many top executives and property managers at Marriott started at the organization as waiters or front desk trainees. This is true. I've, 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 met, um, I've met some of these men and women, and their stories are remarkable. But success in a people-centric organization is not just about attaining a new title or making more money. To further show its commitment to the well-being of its associates, Marriott's CHRO David Rodriguez and his team created the industry's first holistic employee well-being program. In 2018, the program was reorganized with the American um, Psychological Association's Psychologically Healthy Workplace and Organizational Excellence Award. Okay, I'm going to read that again. That was a little rough. Sorry. That's a, that was huge. Um, the American Psychological Association's Psychologically Healthy Workplace and Organizational Excellence Award. Not surprisingly, Marriott um, was alone in its main competitors in sharing the benefits of 2018 tax cuts with its associates in form of supplemental cash in retirement accounts and significant investments in new career development and work life support programs. Recently, the company also announced that a new industry-leading 
parental leave program covering births and adoption. Guys, I so wish other companies would adopt this. You know, there are families out there, you know, husband and wives that stress over this type of thing. But what about the single parent? What about the single mom out there that she has no clue what she's going to do? Um, the, uh, the parental leave program, you know, covering those birth and adoptions, that's, that's huge. I, I, I wish more, uh, more companies would, um, would follow suit on that. All right. Putting people first. The leaders of people-centric companies understand that it is people who make their company successful. They understand that it's people that make their company successful, okay? These companies realize that when people feel valued and cared for, they do their work with stronger intrinsic motivation, a deeper sense of meaning, and a greater level of engagement. That's the truth. They go the extra mile simply because they want to contribute to, the, to an organization that cares about them. All right. I wish I could say this in like seven different languages because, again, some people out there need to hear this. They go the extra mile simply because they want to contribute to an organization that cares about them. Okay, it's not hard, guys. It's not hard. All right. It would be wonderful, of course, if establishing this type of culture was an easy, as easy as creating a few great slogans or um, aspirational values. If it were, every company would be making those great places to work. Um, it's not that easy though, guys. It's, it's about turning value statements into attractive posters for in, in, inspirational websites. Okay. Um, instead it's about taking action. It's about creating leadership expectations for humility and compassion. It's about developing employee programs that support growth and well-being, both in the workplace and at home. This is a challenge. Yes. But it's not as complex as it seems. It's not. It really isn't, guys. I'm, I promise you it's not. So the article kind of ends up pretty damn simple. It just says, put your people first. Put your people first. How hard can that be, right? All right, guys. Two super, super good articles that um, that, I, that I got to read and share with you. Um, lots of principles that we've talked about in, in past episodes and that I have daily conversations with other leaders about, uh, you, you have to put your people first there. There is no other way. Um, you know, putting your people first, I would even go as far as say putting your team first. Remember we own tasks, we own systems and processes. However, we do not own people, not to say that our front line doesn't need to know, uh, you know, basic progression of tasks or certain escalations on the floor, or even the why, you know, understanding the why behind something, all of that helps connect the dots and puts things into a, gr- to a grander perspective than just the raw data. But I'll argue with anyone that wants to stand toe to toe with me. If you put your people first, your metrics will follow. It hasn't failed me yet, guys. Has not failed me yet. If you put your people first, your metrics will follow. All right? And uh, by the way, to the clown that once told me that you can't coach what you can't perform, then why are you allowed to lead people? Because you clearly can't perform that task. Managing a screen is not the same as managing boots on the ground. Take your plan and see how it's executed on the ground before adding meaningless keystrokes that will only cause your team peril and no value added. 
All right, enough of that. As always, guys, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn, or leave me a voicemail or text to my Google Voice number at 509-255-3659. Again, that number is 509-255-3659. People first, mission always is not just to check the box. It's a leadership principle all its own. It should be a way of life for leaders at all levels, guys. Take the CEO and the 86-year-old executive from Marriott that do the simple yet impactful task every single day to make those connections. Ask yourself this. If it can work for them, why can it not work for you? You can teach an old, do not, you, you can teach an old dog new tricks. You can change the culture. What you can't do as a leader is stand by and do nothing. You're a leader. Act like one. Charlie Mike. Bye now.